Welcome to the NLP View with your host, Donna Blinston. Each week, Donna will explore how the techniques of NLP can help improve your personal and professional life. And now, here's your host, Donna Blinston. Hello and welcome to the NLP View. My name is Donna Blinston. Today's guest is Olive Hickmott, a health coach, master practitioner of NLP, energetic NLP, thought pattern management, and an author of multiple best-selling books, namely, You Too Can Do Health, Recover Your Energy, Seeing Spells Achieving, and Bridges to Success. On today's show, I'll be discussing with Olive how NLP can be used to help the carers of dementia sufferers, to help them better understand dementia and Alzheimer's from a behavioral point of view. These insights are designed to give the carers a different perspective, enabling them to improve the quality of everyone's experience. Dementia is a term that is used to describe a collection of symptoms, including memory loss, problems with reasoning and communication skills, and a reduction in an individual's ability, abilities sorry, and skills in carrying out activities of daily life. Neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, is a way of understanding how we use language to program our brain. NLP helps us to understand how we process the information that comes into our brains and how we create a simplified version of our experience in our minds. Through using the techniques of NLP, we can improve the person's quality of life and provide them with more independence by removing any possible frustrations that he or she might be experiencing. So I'd like to welcome to the show Olive Hitmott. Hello, Olive. Hello, Donna, and thank you very much for inviting me on the show. Oh, Olive, it's, it's an honour for me. The work that you're doing is, is profound, both from my own, from the NLP world, it's just inspiring the, the ways you're taking the work and advancing, advancing it all. It's, it's brilliant. And from a nursing background, it just touches my, my heart, you know. I see and work with people who live with dementia every day and to know that someone is there to help, help support them to cope better because we, we often forget the carers themselves. They're often the ones that need that support because if they're not looking after themselves then how can they really support the person who's suffering with the dementia so for me it's all my honor Olive. <laughs> <laughs> so can you explain to our audience a bit about yourself and your background uh yes i'm a health coach um i work with people with chronic health issues and learning difficulties I started off life as a software engineer and became a manager and had a successful corporate life until 1990 when I started my own business and I rapidly got into coaching and in particular health coaching which is using all the skills that you learn as a coach but directing them at health challenges and I found that just a absolutely fascinating area. Um, so I did my NLP and um, professional coaching qualifications and then I was ill myself and um, I discovered that my energy was really blocked after a major operation and then okay. I discovered energetic NLP which <laughs> is a synthesis of NLP, the best of NLP and the best of the energy spiritual systems. Uh-huh. 
so that's how I came to health coaching. And I do have a very different perspective on things. I tend to sort of hold the space that anything's possible if we only knew how to do it. And so very true. I, very true. I've produced books and CDs, and everything I do is easy for what I call the man or woman in the street. You don't need to be an expert in it. Um, you can. They're very easy to follow for people dealing with various health challenges. That is one thing that is very important to me. It's the ability to be able to remove the the psychobabble, for a want for a better word, um, that's attached to things. Because I think people are often scared off and they don't use things that could benefit them because they think it's going to be complex or um, in too much detail or it's not it's not going to be able to relate to them. And yeah. I've read I've read your books and the Seeing Spells Achieving particularly transformed me um, when I first read it and again when I, I reread it recently. Um, as with your other books, and you do have that natural gift of being able to explain things in um, in real life terms, which is a credit to you, really. I tend to explain things also by example, um, yes. because examples are what works for me, and uh, stories about what people have achieved, and those sort of things, and that's that matches my learning style, I suppose, and so and people always find. Lots of stories, really, really sort of inspiring and also um, enables them to think, oh gosh, I could do this. Mm -hmm. Yes. Can, can you explain where, um, where you started your journey into looking at how um, you can use NLP um, for um, the, the, the carers of dementia patients but also for the dementia patients themselves? How was it that you started um, along those lines? Yep, um, absolutely. I can remember it very clearly. I was doing my NLP training, and I met a guy who was another, who was also another student, f who by the name of Peter from Dementia Cares, and he um, we had breakfast together one morning, and he was telling me about his work, and. Um, I had, was learning NLP at the same time, so we're in the middle of this course, and I'm going, but actually we can use the NLP tools that we're learning every day on this course and sort of put them into slightly reverse, and I'll explain to you what I mean about that later, but okay. we can use those NLP tools to understand what's going on because we're being trained in how to use NLP tools for changing memories and um, for things that have gone on in the past that we want to change. And quite suddenly I realized we've got this whole group of people who were living in the past and were permanently there. So we could use these tools sort of inside out, as I call it, and all these <laughs> light bulbs kept coming on in my head. And yes. um, NLP, to me, is all about understanding your own experience. And once yes. you can understand your own experience, then uh, with a bit of help from people who have studied this, so you can learn new skills. And so then the the um, the world is yours, too, if you like. Um, then when I'd done that course, I didn't do anything with it for a couple of years. Um, but at the same time, I was I was just out of... Sorry, having done that course, I was just out of hospital 
from um, peritonitis and I had shared a room with for two weeks with a wonderful woman called Irene who was in the surgical ward because she had um, had an accident and banged the back of her head and uh, had a large gash in it and but at the same time she also had dementia and Irene taught me so much about what her experience was of dementia um, mm. just by observing her for a fortnight and then I did some training as a dementia champion and I suddenly realized that the information I was getting from all sorts of different directions was going to be really useful for carers and it was like it was going to be a shortcut for them to you know when they got to care for the second person they might be experts but this could be a shortcut when they were when they were caring for one of their parents and they had never seen anything like this before and so I started developing models of what would help people improve their understanding and I also realized that there was an enormous resource out there amongst carers who were already doing this with their families and so um, what I wanted people to do was oh that makes sense now I know what to do and that was where I was heading for because if if to a carer they can understand what's going on then they can start being creative about how they can best deal with it and how did you find that the, the people that you were starting to work with and discuss how how were they um, take, taking it on board what what, what was their um, their responses to it well, I started. I, start, I just started talking to people about the models I got and the amount of people that said, "Oh, that makes sense." Um, I wish somebody had given me that insight before. It would have made. It would have just caused a lot less heartache. And I suddenly realised that the the more we could do that, and the more we could feedback good ideas, um, then the more we could help the carers and in turn the more that helped the um, people who were struggling with dementia and so we were sharing information that works if you like uh, and it, this was nothing to do with sort of brain chemistry and degeneration this was about behavior and in my experience people have said to me here that the doctors are incredibly um, articulate about what's happening to my my um, family but they it's all about science and it doesn't relate to what I'm dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis about somebody who won't eat for example and basically what I was trying to do was to help people improve the quality of life for themselves and the people they were caring for in the autumn of their life essentially would you mind sharing one of those models with um, the audience so that they can um, get a, um, a feel for feel for the models themselves? Yeah, uh, one of the one of the first models, and this is slightly difficult to do on the radio. So, what I want you to do is to imagine a four drawer filing cabinet, and you may have heard this analogy before, but it's quite useful. And so, in the bottom drawer of the four drawer filing cabinet, you have all the information about when you were zero age um, when you were just born up to 20 years old say in the next draw up you have 21 years old to 40 the next draw up you have 41 years old to 64 
and in the top drawer you've got 65 years old to today. That's just an example of the numbers to give you an idea of the four-drawer filing cabinet. Now, okay. all, all new information tries to come in the top of the, drawer, of the filing cabinet. But if you are, have been dealing with dementia for some period of time, let's assume that you haven't really got access to the information since you were 65 until today. So all new information will try and get into that um, drawer of the filing cabinet, but will be rejected so it goes on the floor. And one of the things that people often um, uh, uh, say, one of the things that I, I've so often heard is people ask how old they are continuously. Well, mm. when, I was, when I was in hospital with the wonderful Irene, she had this question on her lips most of the day. And, of course, I was getting over a major operation, so I hadn't got anything to do. And I do appreciate that's not the same place that the average carer is, but I've got all the time in the world. And she used to say to me, how old am I? And I go, now, Irene, when were you born? So I got her to remember from the past. And she came out with something like 1910 or something. And I go, okay, Irene, it's now 2005 or something. So, therefore, you are whatever age she was and she went thank you very much and of course two minutes later she would ask me the same question and we go through this again and the really interesting thing I found was that after two or three times or maybe even four or five times she would start to look at me and go I have asked you this question before haven't I and I'd go yes with a smile <laughs> and that satisfied her because she knew she got she got the information, but I was also I was tapping into what she knew. The one bit of information she always knew was when she was born. Never failed on that. But of course, the new information. If you think how old you are, that changes every year. So that's always new information. Yeah. yeah. And so that gets destroyed and lost. You can't access it. Um, and what happens with your brain is that you lose the most recent information first, as I think probably most people who are caring for people with dementia realize that it's all the new information that's going. That's going. Now, that model, that really simple model, leads to some really interesting um, insights because let's take for a minute that you are married in the mm -hmm. second filing cabinet, which is 21 to 40 years old. So you know, you still know you are married, and the pictures you have of the person you are married in your um, visual recall, your imagination, are probably pictures from the age of 20 to 60, something like that. So the people who don't recognize their spouse anymore is because the man's let's say a man, standing next to you at the bed doesn't look like the pictures you can remember from when you mm. were 20 to 40. He's in the yeah. 65 filing cabinet and those pictures of him are lost. Yeah. And so that becomes a really, really scary event in your life. And so another one that can happen is that you know you've got grandchildren and, of course, what do grandchildren do? They have a habit of growing up very fast and changing. And the um, what happens is you don't recognize the grandchildren that come in to see you 
but you know you've got grandchildren, so that gives you a horrible sort of disconnect and fragmentation of your memory. I think that model in itself is amazing. That well, it explains so much. And I think as as a carer and to to be that that person who's, who's there at the bedside who isn't being recognised can be so emotionally draining, and um, it's. It's almost, um, from an identity point of view of the carer, it's taken away their, their sense of identity because that person isn't recognising you. And even though logically they'll understand it's the, de the dementia, they'll still be wanting the, the mum or the dad or um, whoever, whoever it is to recognise them when they walk into the room in the same way that they used to. Absolutely. So for the, for the carer to be able to understand that, they do know you, they do know who you are, and the memories from the past are there. It's just not the pictures of today relating to the members of the, uh, memories of the past. Absolutely. Help seal so many of those um, those daily things that can that can grind on you. Exactly. Another one that happens is that, um, of course, um, if you're caring for your mother, she will remember you longer than she remembers your husband for example yeah. because your yeah. husband is in a more recent filing cabinet than you are because you yeah. probably didn't marry him until at least you were 25 and so what if you if mum suddenly doesn't like husband because he, she doesn't know who he is that creates another lot of emotion in the carer and mm -hmm. thinking oh well she doesn't like him anymore this is terrible you know and be more inclined to dump somebody in a home because they get you know they're they're fighting with your husband and you need all the support you can get from your husband but once you realize it's a filing cabinet thing it actually makes such good sense that you can go it's all right he's in the wrong filing cabinet and it can also it, it it's almost turns it into a humor yeah um and it's that humour makes it enables you to cope with so many, so many things, and because of the severity of it and the repetitive and um, almost mundane, which isn't uh, not, not the nicest word, but it's that continuousness of the disease process. Being able to laugh and to to joke about what's happening and being able to say, you know, you, you just stuck down in a different in a different drawer. It's, yep. It transforms that situation and takes away the, the negative energies that will naturally float around that room, which just they spiral with each other, don't they? It's just Absolutely. like a vicious circle that you're trapped in. Absolutely. You have to. I've subtitled my ebook um, Learning to Live in Different Time Zones. Yep. And I think that's a really important concept. Or it might even be different dimensions, I don't know. Um, because when you can start to live. Your, the carer is in one time zone and the person with dementia is in another time zone and the other thing is that they're probably much happier in their time zone than they are in today yeah. because things yeah. were better in that time zone because people yeah. frequently go back to a good place yeah. so if you can talk to them about their good place then life is so much less stressful I've got an example of that when um, I was doing a night shift um, on a, a a ward about five, six years ago now, and we had a, a man who was with us who was in quite advanced stages of his dementia, and he was um, very destructive, 
mainly because he was he was lost. He didn't he was he didn't, he wasn't it was very much a different time zone to what we were. And he was wanting to go to work at half two, three o'clock in the morning with the lights on, getting dressed and going to make his breakfast in his house, which was the, the ward that we were on at the, at the time. And when I started talking to him about his job, he was um, worked in the post office, in the, in the sorting office. Yeah. So um, I went into the office, emptied all of our drawers and um, had the drawers open and put um, A down to F down the side and gave him a load of paperwork to file. And whereas the previous night staff had had horrendous shifts basically arguing with him to go back to bed and trying to coerce him back into bed, whereas him as an independent man, who very proud, enjoyed his job, not wanting to be told what to do by younger people, um, was having previous problems, I was able to just let him sit in the office and he very quickly sorted through all of our paperwork and was happy as Larry. And because he'd been there for two or three hours, he was quite happy then to go and have a brew and a rest back in his bed at about half past four in the morning. Right. And it's it, took, it took that acknowledging that he was in a post office because that was his reality, regardless Absolutely. of the fact that my reality was it was half past two in the morning and there's another 29 patients on the wall. What, what I always say to people is that they're nearly, the, the patients are nearly always right, but they're in the wrong always time right. zones. Yeah. <laughs> and... It's one of the skills that we teach. They teach us in NLP is to be able to build rapport with the individual, come from where they're coming from, and pace them so that if they're in a different reality, is that you join them in that reality, and that's how you will improve communication with them. Just on them moving into your reality as a sharp shock, they won't be able to do it. And that is the same with anybody that we're working with using NLP as a therapy? It's my, one of my favourite questions that I've, um, that's within NLP is of what has to be happening in their world for what they're saying to make sense. Yeah, and absolutely. As soon as you take, I mean, that applies to dementia, to teaching, to, to everything you can put to, every context. If you, as soon as you can step back from where you are and take yourself out of that situation and acknowledge that something must be happening for that person to be responding in that way, absolutely, take that second position. It's, it transforms think, the communication and that, that respecting that other person. I think once I once I tell people they're going to be the the patient's going to be right, and you just got to get used to this, and just be curious because in some time zone or another they are right and once they start actually going down that curiosity route the whole world changes for them completely opens up i talked to somebody recently whose father is lives in the north of england somewhere and he said he was having real problems talking to him and he said you know whenever we went to see him it was getting more and more difficult and after he talked to me he said Okay, fine. He, I know he's an expert on something or other. I can't remember what it was. And he said, I'll just talk to him about that all the time. And it mm-hmm. absolutely transformed his relationship with Dad. Because wow. whenever he went to see him, he talked about something that was 20 years old, but Dad was a total expert in, completely lucid, and could hold an extremely good conversation about. And he said, well, if that's where we're going to live for the next 20 years, you know, the rest of his life that's yeah. fine by me 
And it's those moments that are precious, isn't it? Exactly. And he said he improved his relationship with his dad because he, I mean, dad's talking about his specialist subject, basically. Yeah. And that will empower his dad so much and it will reignite memories for him and yeah. make him, bring him back into his version of today's reality, which is, well, it is that quality of life that, um, you you know, you aspire to um, with the work that you're doing. There's a lot, I hear a lot of how people, um, the carers or um, especially the, the family are watching the person disappear and rather than watching them disappear, why don't they keep them alive by going back in the years in the same way that you've just explained with this gentleman? Because that will fulfill fulfill them, their conversational needs, but it will also enable them to learn so much more because there will be things that they'll be discussing that they might not have known as much about. Yeah, and, they do, and the carers do have to be very creative. And when they're dealing with something like um, somebody keeps going back to thinking their wife's still alive and she isn't or something like that, they do have to get to be really creative about it. But some of the other models we've got, which I'm not going to have time to go through, but we've, we actually give people some real insights into why people are saying the things they are. And once you can get into that, that space with them, it, life becomes so much clearer. It, it does, it does. It's, well, I, I can't emphasize it enough. And um, you've, you, you just mentioned before of how um, you're um, doing work on um, the, your recent e-books that you're publicizing, a series of e-books to show how, to show the carers how you can support, how they can be supported with the NLP tools. I believe, is it the, if the first 50 that sign up free before December? Yes. Can you tell uh, our audience more about them? Yes, And where certainly. they can get hold of them and your Certainly. I'm actually, I'm actually doing one e-book on dementia, and you can find it at www.dementia.simpleskills.co.uk. And I'll repeat that again in a minute. You haven't got a pen. It's come, but it comes out in installments. And what I'm finding is that I send out installments of it and then I get much more information back from, back from carers and their yes. feedback. And so then there's even more information for the next installment. I think it will probably go on forever, the way I'm going at the moment. And it's a, it's a very interesting example of uh, true generative collaboration between me and the carers and the carers have got such a wealth of knowledge that mm. it really is a shame that everybody has to start again from scratch with their own loved ones. So I look at this as being the quick start idea. And what, what I, I'm sort of very keen on is that it, we're not talking about products. We're not talking about stuff to give people. What we're talking about is ways of looking at what is going on that can really help you. So that's what it's about. And I'll give you the website again. It's www.dementia.simpleskills.co.uk. And you just go on there and sign up for the ebook, and it will come to you at probably quite irregular intervals over the next few months as we get more and more information, more and, more, and we generate more models of things that can help you. Thank you ever so much, Olive. It has been a 
true pleasure having you on the show today. Um, the work you're doing is fabulous. And everyone, connect with her via, the, via her website and also through her social media, which is at Olive Hitmock, Hitmock, um if you're going via Twitter, and also her Facebook page. So again, to our audience, I want to thank you for tuning in. If you would like to learn more about NLP, then please tune in each week and also visit my website, which is www.donnablinston.com, where you can pick up a, co- a guide, a pocket guide, that I'm recently starting to write on how we can use NLP to cope with the holiday season, tips on how you can use NLP to help clear your mind. And also, you can pick up my best-selling book, which is Psychobabble, a straightforward, plain English guide to the benefits of NLP. Thank you for tuning in. I look forward to speaking with you all again.